very glad that I'm here. So thank you for allowing that. We look again to the hills outside of Bethlehem. I have started right there with you these last three sermons. And we've started with these wonderful shepherds as they watch over their flocks of sheep. And the angel coming. And then this great chorus of angels that sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill to men. Now that's the way we learned it from the King James Version. However, as they've refined some of the translations now, it's more glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all those on whom his favor rests. Or I like to say peace to all of those that turn to him in faith and belief. It is part of him being pleased in you and me when we receive peace. But I want to remind you that in the book of Hebrews, it does say very emphatically that for us to please God, seemingly therefore to receive peace, then we do need to have faith and belief, and I will even see, say trust and dependence on Jesus Christ. And so peace is God's way, and peace in his word and in his way has been here for a long, long time. I'm going to go back 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ and read this very familiar passage that indicates that Jesus Christ's coming is the Prince of Peace. Listen carefully. It says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice, righteousness, and peace from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The statement of this scripture, the statement from me to you today is, is that Peace is absolutely authored and established by the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. And that's part of what we celebrate with Jesus coming into this world here at Christmas time. Now, for you and I to understand peace, I, I want it. I want it for myself. I want it for you. I want it because God wants it for you. And he gives it to you. But for us to understand it, we also have to wrestle with the fact that we live in chaos. Now, chaos is authored and founded by another prince. And this is a reality. This other prince is called the prince of darkness are the prince of this world, and he fosters, he founds, he promotes 
chaos. And the fact is, you and I live in the midst of chaos. Now, we don't have to nearly as much as we do sometimes. And that's part of what I hope you will take from this message today. Because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And I want to remind you that in the in First John, the fourth chapter, it does say that the power that is within me or within you is greater than the power that is within this world. Now, that's a great promise to you and me because the power that is within you as a believer in Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit and the absolute power of God. And that is greater than the prince of this world. It's greater than the chaos that we wrestle with. Now, Scripture talks about that. There is one scripture in Proverbs, Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but chaos rots the bones. Now, yes, that's what it says. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute because I know you, me, all of us in good sense and in godly sense, a heart at peace gives life to the body, life to you as a man or woman, life to your family, life to your relationships, life to your church. But chaos, sin, things of Satan, that's going to rot your bones. Now, these are words from God's Word. That was Proverbs 14.30. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about chaos. And then I'm going to tell you even more and more and more about peace. But I'm saying to you that you need to understand, I need to understand that chaos is all around us. It is within us. It's, it's about us. It's a part. Unfortunately, it's a part of your human nature. You and I are sinful. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that is a fact. So chaos, sinfulness is there. And for us to find peace, to know peace, to move toward peace, I believe it is important for us to know a bit more about chaos and the struggles that we go through. I'm going to share with you just from kind of my knowledge of human beings and my counseling experience and my own personal experience. I think there are three levels of chaos or three areas of chaos that you struggle with and that I struggle with. And so let me just illustrate those for a moment. The first one, you have chaos in your spiritual life. Now, chaos in your spiritual life is caused by sin and guilt. We all sin. We just said that. And then when you sin, as a Christian, you have a value system. You know what's right and wrong. I know what's right and wrong. And so when you sin, you have a value system, and that then indicates that you're now guilty. Now, don't fall into the trap of calling it, I feel guilty. No, it's not a feeling. It is a fact. And so chaos reigns in your spiritual life because when you sin, and you do, and I do, then you're guilty. Now, praise the Lord, we don't have to stay guilty. And that's part of moving toward peace. Because we know 
2,000 years ago. I talked to you more about it last Sunday. This baby Jesus grew up and went to a cross. And in going to the cross, he created love and forgiveness for every one of us that believe. And so at that point, chaos can be defeated through the cross and through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And so then spiritual chaos is defeated because the power in you is greater than the power that is within this world. The second area of chaos would be emotional chaos. You suffer from emotional chaos. We all do. Now, that usually is residing in the area of fear and worry. Those are emotions. Those are struggles in your human life. And when you are fearful and when you are worried, then Satan is enjoying that. Because fear, worry, anxiety is another word we can put in there. That is part of Satan's territory. He is the author of that. Remember, God and God's truth and power is the author of peace. But Satan wants you to be worried and afraid. And so that's part of, again, your human condition, and it, is create, it creates emotional chaos because your emotions are disturbed. They're turned upside down because of the chaos related to fear and worry. So you suffer from spiritual chaos, and you suffer from emotional chaos. And then the third thing that I would say to you is that most of us, well, I would say all of us, suffer in some form or fashion from relational chaos. Because why? You're selfish. Is there anybody in here who's not selfish? Please raise your hand. No, don't. Don't want you to lie. All of us are selfish. It again is part of our human condition. I tell people all the time, if you're not selfish, Please come and talk to me because I ain't never met one of you because we all suffer from it. So relational chaos related to our selfishness, even in your love relationships, even in marriage, even in your family, husband to wife, wife to husband, father, mother to the children, we still are selfish and it creates relational chaos. And that's not something that is peaceful. In fact, it's the opposite, chaos. Remember, the Lord promotes peace. Satan promotes chaos. Now, having said all that, I truly would believe that all of us in godly sense and with good spirit, we don't want to be chaotic. We want to be peaceful. And I am here to declare through scripture and through celebration of Jesus Christ and the peace of Christmas that because of his presence in your life and in my life, he says, not just Pastor Don, no, he says that we can be peaceful. So I want to share that with you. In fact, I will tell you in my counseling ministry over the years, I 
I point people to peace in the Lord all the time because that's where we find peace. And even though I am Dr. Solomon, please don't throw that around. <laughs> I'm just Pastor Don or Don. Uh, but being a doctor, I'm not an MD. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a PhD. That being the case, I cannot prescribe medication. And that's okay with me. Because I do have a prescription. And even for my clients or for myself or for you here today, I want to share with you the prescription that I see in Scripture that will help you and I move toward peace. And I share this with my clients regularly. And so if you want to take notes or if you want to just put them in your phone or if you want to just really think about them, or I'll be glad to write them down later if that's necessary for you. But the fact is, is that I turn to Scripture because, remember, the Prince of Peace is Jesus Christ and the Lord is the author of peace. Now, I want to, my prescription first, I would take you to the Old Testament, to the 23rd Psalm. Now, I hope you know the 23rd Psalm. I hope you read the 23rd Psalm regularly or recite it to yourself. I tell you, I tell my clients that if you would recite or read the 23rd Psalm three times a day, it would do wonders for your chaos. It would do wonders for your peacefulness. So I want you, I'm going to share this with you, and I want you to just concentrate on the words of the 23rd Psalm and see over and over and over the peacefulness that's represented in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Right there, you're given a gift of the Lord himself. He is your shepherd. And I shall not want. I don't have to want for anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Every time I say that, I just want to stop and picture the peacefulness that God is sharing with me right there. Uh, green pastures lying down on a beautiful day beside still waters. I love the water. Please think about that. That's what he wants to give to us. And it says, and he restores my soul. Peacefulness restores the soul. It gives health to your whole spirit and your body. And everything. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for him for himself, excuse me, for his sake. Now, I said a moment ago that chaos comes from your sinfulness, but Jesus leads us away from sin. That's what twenty third Psalm is saying. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his sake. Now, then chaos is defeated when we are righteous. Then even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. Even though all the chaos and all of the threats and all the intimidation is all around me, I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Because your rod and your staff and your wisdom and your word and your people and your church and you, 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 Lord, Comfort me. Sound peaceful to you? It does to me. And then, even in the face of my enemies, 
23rd Psalm says. You prepare a table before me. You, you nourish me in every way. You fix a banquet for me so I can eat of your spirit and eat of your word and eat of all the blessings that you want to give. And I can be peaceful in that. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Abundant peacefulness in my life. And the last two phrases of the 23rd Psalm. Please know them. Think about them. It says, and surely goodness and mercy. And I got to put in there even peace. Surely goodness, mercy and peace will follow me all of the days of my life. Now you and I are alive. Hallelujah. And that's a life statement. And so surely goodness and mercy will follow us in a peaceful manner all of the days of our life because of the power of God. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's your eternity statement. Sound peaceful? Please take that as part of the prescription. But my prescription goes on because we go into the book of John. And this is Jesus' words himself the night before he was crucified. It's John 14, 27. Now in the book of John, Jesus has been talking to his disciples about himself. And he's got to go away. He's going to come back. He's going to get them. They can trust in him. And even when he goes away, he's going to leave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to teach them all that they need to know. And then in John 14, 27, Jesus says, And I am going to leave with you a parting gift. And this gift is the gift of my peace. And this world knows nothing about this peace. Now, why did he say that? I believe he said that because you can't find this peace anywhere else in the world. Now, we look for it in all sorts of places. We look for it in money. We look for it in prestige. We look for it in human institutions. We look for it in habits, some of them bad habits. And we keep thinking, well, I'll just try that, or I'll do that, or I'll do this, or surely that will help me feel peaceful. That'll help me feel better. But Jesus said, I want to give you peace. And this peace, the world knows nothing about. You can't find it anywhere else. Please, please listen to him, not just to me. And then in John 14, 27, the last phrase in that passage of Scripture, if you want to not be afraid, listen carefully to what Jesus says. Because he says, and with my peace, you do not have to be afraid. One of my translations that I love says, and with my peace, you can banish, dismiss your fears. Wouldn't that be wonderful to not have fears and worries? Jesus Christ is the author of peace. And he goes on in my prescription in the 16th chapter of John. Now, in the 16th chapter, Jesus has been talking about a lot of horrible things. He's been talking about persecutions and opposition and the fact that people are, that they hate him and they're going to hate us. Because we believe in him. And that's very true. So that's a tough, tough chapter to read through as a Christian person. But at the end of chapter 16, 16, 33, 
book of John, Jesus says this. He says, but in me, you can have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble and tribulation. Now, that's what he's been talking about. And that is a fact. Chaos, the world, the prince of the world. He's out to get us. We're at war. But Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you're going to have trouble and tribulation. But take heart or be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome the world. Now, I want you to think about that. He is saying that even in trouble and tribulation, that you and I, because of his presence in our life, that we have the ability to be of good cheer. That doesn't even make good sense. But it's God's sense, and it is true, because he gives peace even in the midst of the storms. And one more verse that I'll share with you. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 4 through 7. Great part of the prescription. Because it says, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice always in the Lord. Be gentle in all of your dealings because the Lord is near. And don't be anxious about anything. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Because knowing people as I know and knowing myself over the years, I know that you worry. <laughs> it's a terrible habit. It's, a, it's almost an addiction for you and I as human beings. I had it terribly for years. Now, thank the Lord I don't have it. I, he took it away. And I'm not any better than anybody else sitting in this room. But it says, don't be anxious about anything. And then he goes on to tell you what to do. Because you can do it and I can do it. And he is, remember, the author of peace. Peace defeats worry. So don't be anxious about anything. But in all of your prayers and petitions, come to the Lord with thanksgiving. And then, the scripture says, then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, that's a gift. As is the gift of Jesus' peace in John 14, 27. We have handed to us these gifts from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, from the power of Almighty God, so that you don't have to be wrapped up in chaos, in fears, and worries, and sin, and all of this stuff that drives you and me crazy in this life of ours. Now, these are facts. These are facts that I have seen in myself and facts that I've seen proven out in others of you and many. The fact is, is that if, if, if we will do what Jesus says, if we will accept the gift, what do you have to do with the gift when it's given to you for it to do you any good? 
You have to receive it. You have to celebrate it. You have to hold it in your hand. You have to look at it and think about it and be thankful for it. It has to have an effect on your whole being. He's saying, I want to give you a gift of peace. And with this peace, you can banish your fears. I want to give you a gift of peace which passes all understanding. And in fact, you're not even going to understand it. It's beyond human understanding. However, God's Word, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit says that it is a gift. That's my prescription. And I'm saying to you, and there's many other places, and I told earlier service because we had to get out a little bit early to go to breakfast, which I celebrate. I'm glad we had that. But I told him that I could sit here for another two hours and talk to you about peace. Now, y'all would be hungry because you're probably going to want lunch in an hour or two. But peace is so important to your life. It is life. Without peace, what do you have? So please, I'm just imploring you or begging you or asking you or encouraging you not just here at Christmas time. I love Christmas. I love celebrating the peace of Christmas. Absolutely with peace came Jesus Christ here 2,000 years ago as a little baby. But please remember, he grew up and went to a cross. And in all of that, he is telling you and me that we can be at peace. I'm just asking you to receive the gift because that then honors him and gives you and me freedom. Please think about that as I close us in prayer. Jesus, I've said so many times that sometimes when I reflect on your word and your guidance to us and your gifts to us, I'm not even sure exactly what to say. I want to say, I do say, I love to say, I will say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But that sometimes seems so little compared to the hugeness of the gift that you give, of the gifts that you give. But Lord, we come to you in belief, trusting you, honoring you, celebrating you, wanting exactly what you have for us. And we thank you for the word that you have given to all of us this day that you are the Prince of Peace. You are the author of peace. You are the giver of peace. And with that peace, we don't have to be in chaos. And with that peace, and Lord, we thank you so much for this, Satan is defeated. Our prayer would be, that every one of us in belief and in trust and in faith will accept your gift and will walk in that.
And we say thank you once again. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.